Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Hello, and welcome to another midweek episode of the Sun's Solar Panel. As always, I'm your host, Dave King. I hope everyone's doing okay today. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. This is our midweek episode where it's just going to be audio only. So get your friends, tell your friends about this episode, make sure they're subscribed to the show. Um, As you guys remember, we had a little bit of a split up on solar panel and you guys got to sign up and tell your friends to sign up uh, for the new show that's on this, on this feed uh, coming in your, in your, in your ears through the potting forms, solar panel. It's always free. You don't have to pay a dime for it. It's always fresh. And it's always presented by the Basketball Podcast Network. We do a live interactive show every Saturday. I do that with Zona Hoops and then midweeks like this one. Today, I have a special guest, a huge guest, really good friend of mine, uh, does the Suns Jam Session podcast, the best post-game podcast out there by far. And uh, I want to welcome in um, on Twitter, he's Darth Voida. I know him as John Voida. How's it going, man? Uh, fantastic how you doing dave it's been a while since we've chopped it up about the suns i know right you've got your own podcast i got my own podcast you know usually podcasters don't team up in the same market because everyone hears them anyway but you know what you're such a good friend i I wanted to be able to do this ah i'm touched dave i'm truly (laughs) touched um if you're listening make sure at the end of the show you leave us a five-star review if you're so inclined um I'm, i'm building up new reviews on the, on the feed as well. And if you leave me a comment on your five-star review that is, um, that is in there in, in the, in the apps or whatever it is, I will give you a special shout out on a future show. So John, why do I have you on today's show? Why well, I have you on today's show is you are about to release an article on brightsideofthesun.com. It's coming out on Thursday. Uh, that'll be December 9th that the suns have already had their best calendar year in franchise history. Tell us about this thing. Yeah. So I was, you know, kind of bored the other day and I started crunching some numbers and going through the annals of Phoenix Suns history because I thought, you know, is this the best calendar year for the Phoenix Suns? You know, we know that this has been one of the best seasons going back to the 2020, 2021 season, because for the third time ever in franchise history, we ended up in the NBA finals. And, you know, you see some tweets out there about how great this Suns team has been since the bubble itself back in 2020. And I was like, well, you know, obviously this wasn't last season wasn't the best season ever relative to winning percentage or total wins. Those go to the 2004 slash five Suns and the 1992 slash three Suns, who both had 62 wins and 20 losses. Uh, so what I pretty much started doing is going through basketball reference and going by calendar year starting in 1968. Where you did this you know, manually? I did this manually. The, the <laughs> Suns, the Suns played That's a total. Yeah, well, you know, like 
I'm on site. I'm going to different places and restaurants kind of on the West Coast for my company. And there's some downtime where I'm waiting for uh, those IT guys to get their job done. I don't know if you know anything about those IT guys, but those IT there, guys, <laughs> while you're sitting there waiting them to ping different <laughs> restaurant printers, you start, you know, just trying to find ways to kill your time. So back in 1968, the first season for the Phoenix Suns, they played a total of 38 games. And then the calendar turned to 1969 and they began playing, you know, in that year. But, you know, for those first 38 games, the team was eight and 30, which is 21.1% of a winning percentage. I was just like, wow, that was a bad year. I wonder as as I go through this, if I'm going to find any teams that were worse than that calendar year, and if there's any teams that were better than my perceived calendar year of probably like 93. I was thinking 93 or 07 were probably the best calendar years to be a Phoenix Suns fan because that's the world, you know, as normal operating humans, unless you're working on a fiscal budget, you go January 1st to December 31st. That's your year. Yeah, yeah so let's let's talk about 93 real quick. Why do you, uh let's remind people why mm-hmm. we think 93. Of course they remember the finals appearance in 1993. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking calendar year, the finals is dead in the middle of that. So And that you're counts. talking about yeah, yeah, it counts. Of course it does. Uh but it uh right dead in the middle of the in the middle of that calendar year, but you've got half of the prior season and half of the next season. Precisely. Uh, so that's what makes this such a unique uh, bit of analysis. And we do base a lot of our thinking on calendar years. And then we have to remind ourselves, oh, that's the 21-22 season or the mm-hmm. 92-93 season. But you're talking about the calendar year 1993 versus calendar year 2021. And we still have three weeks left in this one. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I thought 93 was probably the greatest calendar year for Phoenix Suns. And and when you look at total wins, that is correct. They had 75 total wins in 1993. If you include uh, their regular season at the back end of 93, the regular season at the front end of 94 and their finals run. That's why I thought, okay, that's probably the best year because they had a final run in there. You know, you gain a lot of wins as you as you march to the finals. They went 13 and 11 in those playoffs, which ultimately kind of brought down their overall winning percentage because overall in that year, they went 75 and 32, which is good for 70.1 winning percentage. So I was on to something. I was like, okay, I'm close here. So then I like painstakingly just went year by year, adding, you know, going to basketball reference, highlighting the last game of 2000 or, you know, 2002 and then starting, you know, 2003 and then adding the, re- I mean, it was, I mean, it only took like 45 minutes, but at the same time, it was interesting. The data that was kind of uh, born from this analyzation. Did you actually do every year or did you every year, years? every year I've got every year, the data sitting right in front of me. I like data. I mean, I, I'm a food and beverage director, so I, I like to overanalyze my menus, see what's selling, see what's not selling, identify what my dogs are, identify what my puzzles are, identify what my plow horses are and identify, you know, what my stars are. And, and so I, I'll go through data and you've seen me do this in the past. I'll go through data painstakingly to come to, uh, to just to find out, you know, kind of how things are operating. And then from there you can make decisions and, and, and make analyzations like this, where I was like, hey, 2021, as of right now, as of December 8th, when we record this, is, from a percentage standpoint, the best year in Phoenix Suns history. We have 81 total wins, so we've we've crushed the 1993 team, which is the second most that has 75. So we're already... Already you know, six more wins. Precisely, and the same amount of losses. We had 32 losses uh, in 1993, we've had t- 32 total losses in 2021. 
Uh, if the Suns go eight and three for the remainder of this month, they will surpass the greatest team win percentage wise, which is the the two thousand the year of two thousand seven when the Suns went seventy one or they they had seventy one point six percent wins. Right now we're at seventy one point seven. Right, right. So and and how how good do the Suns have to be the rest of the month to be able to stay at that seven seventeen or higher? Eight and three. Eight and three. So, okay. So let's, <clears throat> let's take a moment and look at the Suns schedule coming up. And both of us are going to be scrambling right now because I pivoted right in the middle of the podcast, which is always really good planning. You know, <laughs> if we come up with something we weren't thinking about talking about right in the middle of the podcast, uh, it goes very well. We um, so the Suns have to go eight and three the rest of the month. What does the rest of their month schedule look like? Well, they start off with Boston, uh, which is on Friday, which I believe can be a W. Uh, Boston's kind of mm-hmm. scrambling right now, just like we were to look for the schedule. Uh, and, you know, they're a team that's kind of in the middle right now, truly don't understand their identity the same way that the Phoenix Suns do. Uh, after that, they're the on Lakers the ro- just beat Boston for a quote Bingo. unquote signature win. Yeah, there you go. So, uh <laughs> You know, and the Suns are going to be nice and rested for this game. So, of course, because of all of these data points and all these reasons why they should beat them, they'll end up losing to them. But in theory, they should beat Boston. That's old Suns. This yes, is the this Chris is, Paul Suns that are 11 and 1 in the clutch this year. Doesn't matter how bad they play the first three quarters. But then they go at the Los Angeles Clippers, at the Portland Trailblazers. They're back home for the Wizards and the Hornets. They have a game at, on the road at the Lakers, and then it's home for the Thunder, the Warriors on Christmas Day, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they finish the year in Boston at TD Garden. Yeah. So okay. So you've got you've got a league right now that has an unbelievable number of teams with right around five hundred records. <clears throat> uh, there are. Let's see. One, two, three. Four, five, six. It's like the NFL right now. Everybody's stuck eight, in the middle. Nine, ten. Cardinals are yeah, ten teams within one game of 500. And another five teams or so within two or three games of 500. It's crazy. There's only six teams in the league that are more than four games over 500 right now after 24 games. And that's the uh, Brooklyn Nets, Chicago Bulls, and Milwaukee Bucks in the East. Uh, And then the Golden State Warriors, Phoenix Suns, Utah Jazz, and Memphis Grizzlies are at 14 and 10. The seventh best team in the league, the Memphis Grizzlies, who somehow are on a big winning streak without John Morant in their lineup. Does does, does that make Jaron Jackson the best pick of the 2018 draft? Oh, he's clearly, I think you should double max him if you can. Do it right now. Uh, He's clearly (laughs) the the best player ever drafted ever. Well, (laughs) so you've got got DeAndre Ayton, who's been to the finals by the end of his third year. Luka Doncic, who is basically the white James Harden. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got Trey Young. Trey Young. And of course, Jaron Jackson, now that his team is four and zero in in December, I mean, it's pretty incredible. So um, I think uh, the the Memphis being the seventh best team in the NBA right now shows how kind of weak the whole league is. And yet the Suns and the Warriors are the clear class of the league at twenty and four each. 
So the ability of the Suns to go eight and three the rest of this month after they've already gone two and one without Devin Booker in the lineup and they were undefeated without DeAndre Ayton in the lineup for six games. I think that bodes well for the Suns' ability to finish eight and three this month. And as you mentioned, of all of those top tier teams, the Suns are going to play two of them, just two of them in this last run. They play, uh, like I mentioned, the Golden State Warriors on Christmas and then their next game also at home is against those Memphis Grizzlies and the vaunted Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay, at this point, let's just take a quick break and talk about our friends at DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. you got to do this. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win 100 bucks in free bets. It's that simple. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code TBPN, that's TBPN, bet $1 on any team to score, any team at all, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So it looks like the Suns have a really good chance to go 8-3 and three or better for the rest of the month if the only opponents that they've got in there that are among the top seven in the league, among teams that are more than a couple of games over 500, are Memphis and Golden State toward the end of the month. Yeah, and if that's the case, if they can do this, from a winning percentage standpoint, you know, Suns fans, the calendar year of 2021, since the ball dropped on Times Square, uh, I don't remember if people were allowed to be there this year for it. I mean, that's that that's how crazy this year has been personally for all of us. 2020, 2021, tumultuous years. Uh, for everyone personally uh, throughout the entire world. And during this stretch, we are witnessing the greatest basketball this team has ever put forth. And we know that because they just put together an 18-game win streak at the beginning of the 2021 season, and we've experienced that as well. So, you know, part of doing this research and analyzation is just to be appreciative of what we've experienced. That's what sparked this entire kind of trend for me and this journey I went on and going painstakingly through the 54 seasons of the Phoenix Suns basketball reference pages was I know I'm experiencing something special right now and the data backs that up it's not only special it's historic what we're seeing and it's crazy because go ahead I was just gonna say doesn't it still seem like though that this is so sudden that it's impossible for this to actually be the best team and it seems like hyperbole not hyperbole as I always read it <laughs> before I heard it out loud. Uh, hyperbole. What is that, French? What are they saying? Hyperbole? Hyperbole? It's like Hermione. <laughs> All right. So anyway, hyperbole. Uh, it feels like hyperbole to say this is the best Suns team ever. When the Phoenix area, Valley Sports, we have such fond memories of the 93 season with Charles Barkley coming in here, 92, 93 season as the MV, league MVP. He won league MVP. The mm-hmm. Suns had the best record in the league, 62 and 20. They blasted, they blasted through the playoffs to get to the finals. 
Uh, both they got 14 wins in the playoffs, just like this year's 2021 teams uh, team did. Uh, 14 wins in the in the in the playoffs, and that was just an incredible, incredible season. We remember that with such fondness. Uh, that was a dominant team, and yet somehow this Phoenix Suns team, even with now they played uh, a little bit later into the year as far as calendar time this year than the 93 team did because of the uh, late start to the season because of COVID, yet the season was 10 less games. And so as you can see, as, as, as John's going to put up in the, in the, in, on a chart in the article in, in Brightside, that Suns team in 1993 won 75 games, 14 of those being in the playoffs, against 32 losses in the calendar year of 1993. This Suns team already has 81 wins against 32 losses, the same number of losses as you mentioned a few minutes ago, John. Uh, so there has been a few more games played um, as available to win in uh in 2021 versus 1993 but that just gives you more chances to lose and the suns have already by far won the most games in any calendar year ever at 81 wins in the calendar year i mean i keep pointing out on bright side that the suns have the most wins in the nba since the bubble started in july of 2020 they have the most wins in the nba since the 20 2021 season started they have the most wins in the NBA since the uh, since G- February 1st, excuse me, of 2021 this year. They have the most wins in the NBA since, uh, uh, um, uh, sorry, since the All-Star break. And now they have the most wins in the NBA tied with the Golden State Warriors at the moment for wins in this current season. Under any measure, this Suns team is incredible. Mm-hmm. And why we keep is it? Why do you think it is that maybe people are still going to be hesitant to call this one of the all-time great teams? Well, I'll answer that question here in a second. I'm going to go back to a couple things that you said. You know, one, it does feel shockingly quick for this team to have such a turnaround, and that's probably why a lot of us are dazed and confused because the 2018 Phoenix Suns, the 2000, the calendar year of 2018, statistically, was the worst season or the worst year, I'm sorry, the worst calendar year in Phoenix Suns history. They went 16 and 66 in that calendar year and won 19.5% of their games, which is worse than that 8 and 30, 21.1% <laughs> of the inaugural 1968 Phoenix Suns. That's that's part of this. 16 and 66 16 in the and calendar 66 year in 2018. I remember us writing an article about that on Brightside. Yes, you know, I mean, worst year in ever in franchise history. <laughs> and you know, smack dab in the middle of that, that's when you drafted DeAndre Ayton, that's when you drafted Mikael Bridges and the turnaround slowly happened. You saw that in 2019 as they started to gain more wins, Ricky Rubio's added to the fray, and uh, then by 2020, you know, we're kind of right in the middle of Phoenix Suns history with their total number of wins and their winning percentage uh, up over 60% once uh, Chris Paul kind of joins the back end of that. So there's there's that side of it. It's so sudden. It's almost like being punched in the face and your and your nose is kind of ringing. Your eyes are blurred because you're just you're like, what's happening? It's happened so quick. Going back to the 1993 team and the reason we feel that was so dominant is, you know, you got to remember for anyone who's like under 35, 1992, 93 doesn't mean shit to them anymore. Part part of my franchise. But 
they're they're just if too they young to truly <laughs> but but they they're, they're they're just too young to truly understand what that moment meant not only to uh the phoenix suns but to the city of phoenix overall i mean for the most part up to that point the city of phoenix was a wide spot in the road on the way to los angeles and when charles barkley came, came to phoenix it created this hysteria of success it created this hysteria of uh, pop culture. I mean, all of a sudden we had the most charismatic member of the dream team playing for the Phoenix Suns. And you take that and it, it takes you back to, you know, probably like whatever music you were listening to when you were about 17 is the music you're going to love for the rest of your life. And for a lot of people, that's what that moment felt like. And they'll always love that team for what it meant to them. They have that emotional connection to that 93 team. And it's clear, and you know, according to the data, it's clear why they had that connection to them because of how successful they were. You know, you look at the 2007 Suns, and a lot of people who are a little bit younger, you know, than 35, they experienced the seven seconds or less Suns. And that 2007 team that went 68 and 27 throughout that calendar year, and you know, has the 71.6 percent winning percentage in that year, uh, you know, they have they share the same kind of affinity for them because it was just so successful. So you kind of you have those two different eras, if you will, as reasons that people are emotionally connected to the, the to the those teams. Why is it that this team is the most successful? It's because I've never seen one a, a Phoenix Suns team play defense the way that this team plays defense. I mean, the way that they can tighten the screws is remarkable. You see that on Monday night when they played the Spurs. I mean, they go up big. They go up by like 15 or 16 points on the Spurs. They let the Spurs come all the way back and tie the game at 88. They're kind of waffling back and forth in the fourth quarter. And when literally when it hits five minutes, the team defense becomes extraordinary and they're jumping past lanes. They're and switching their offensive execution on the well, other. And, and that's the other <laughs> side of this is inside five minutes. I've never seen a team that has an identity that is successful like it is right now, because there's so many different options. You go back to 92, 93, like you knew it was KJ and Barkley time. You go back to 2004, the seven seconds of lessons, 2004, 2010, you knew it was Nash and Amari time. In this offense right now, because Devin Booker's injured, you know it's Chris Paul time. But when Devin Booker's there, you have a two-headed dragon coming at you. And if you try to switch or double any of them, they're switching to the other guy. They have unbelievable three-point shooters. And you have the big guy down low who's who's mopping up any, any misses. He's right there, and he's putting them back, and he's playing aggressive in those last five minutes. So you have kind of this perfect storm of identity and defense and offensive execution, not only in the last five minutes, but at the beginning of the game, throughout spurts in the game. I mean, if you were to ask me, have we seen the Suns play a complete game yet this season? I'd say no. And we're 20 and four. Right. I mean, that alone, it's just one of those things like we might not have the emotional connection to these teams because we analyze them as much as we do. We write about them. We podcast about them. So we're very analytical of their performance. But I bet you for a lot of kids around Phoenix, Arizona, they love this team because this is their first baptism into everything that is Phoenix Suns and purple and orange. So let's yeah, let's okay. So let's talk about this for a second. As far as them being great in the clutch, I'm not sure people quite understand. The numbers just seem so crazy. I'm not sure that people quite understand how crazy they are. So the Phoenix Suns are eleven are eleven and one in the clutch this year, and then after that, I want to go into um, the 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 star of the team and, and, and all that. But right now let's talk about clutch. The Phoenix Suns are number one in the clutch this year. Uh, they're 11 and one overall 
They only have one loss this year. They finished 20 and five in the clutch last year during this calendar year after they had about an uneven start as you can get on in the clutch when they started eight and eight in, in the first 16 games together with Chris Paul. Basically, they've won 36 of their last uh, 42 clutch opportunities. What does that mean? Well, how are they doing it? They're not just eking it out. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikkel Bridges, and Jay Crowder are the are the top four players in the whole league at pot, plus minus in the clutch. Chris Paul's a plus 55 in the clutch this year alone, plus 55 points in 34 minutes. Chris Paul has been on the floor in the clutch for 34 minutes this year. He is already a plus 55 Jesus. in points over the other team. That dude is just incredible. And you saw it Monday night. He executed perfectly every single offensive possession that he wanted to. The only uh, failures they had is when a teammate missed an easy shot or an open shot or committed a turnover. Um, uh, but Chris Paul has just been sublime in the clutch. Mikkel Bridges, a plus 49 in those 34 minutes. Jay Crowder, plus 45 in those 34 minutes. Devin Booker has played two fewer clutch games because he's missed a couple with the uh, with the injury. Um, he's only, quote-unquote, a plus 38 in 27 minutes. So if you put him up to the 34 minutes that Chris Paul is, he'd be right there right next to Chris Paul. But now he's only fourth, quote-unquote, on the team <laughs> at a plus 38 in 27 clutch minutes. DeAndre Ayton has missed also six games. Some of those are in the clutch. He's only played eight clutch games. Devin Booker's played nine clutch games. Um, and so DeAndre Ayton only has 24 minutes in the clutch. He's a plus 35. Guess what? It's because these guys all play together. And DeAndre Ayton is, is tied for tied for seventh in the league in total plus minus points in the clutch this year. Total. And yet there's 34 minutes. I'm talking 34 minutes, 27 minutes, 24 minutes that these guys have played in the clutch. You would think they're the they're the best plus minus differentials because they play the most clutch, clutch minutes. That's not actually true. Um, at their 34 minutes, at 34 minutes, the most clutch minutes of any Phoenix Sun, guess how how low down uh where do, where does that rank in total clutch minutes played this year john give me your best guess i'll say 11th how about 55th jeez i wasn't even close 54 <laughs> players have played more clutch minutes than anyone on the phoenix suns this year and the suns are the top 4 and five of the top seven players in point differential in the clutch this year. And they've played less than 55 other players clutch minutes. It's unbelievable. Crazy? It's unbelievable. You know, and you look at it from a team standpoint, they're shooting. Wait, wait, wait. I got to take, I'm, I'm a little late on this. I've got to throw it out there because I got to give myself credit for this. Is this a stat me? Go? Yeah. Where did it go? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Double stat. You got a double stat. Uh, that was just, yeah, it's just amazing how good these guys are in the clutch. 55 players have played more clutch minutes than they have. Nobody has more positive point differential in the clutch. Well, and as a team, they're shooting 66.7%. 
They're making two out of every three shots they take in the clutch. That's part of it. And here's what's also interesting. In clutch time moments, they are last in the league in three-point attempts. They shoot 1.3 three-point attempts in clutch time minutes. They're yeah. making 0.7 of them, so that's 50%. They're shooting from three, which is tops in the league, but they're taking the fewest amount. And I think that that's something that is driving the analytic people absolutely bonkers because they're like, well, threes, threes, threes. But as you can see, when the, when the, the moments go to those clutch time moments, the Phoenix Suns execute their offense and they're attacking the rim and they're attacking the mid range, which is, you know, where analytic people are telling you don't go there. But that's where because everybody has become so accustomed to defending the perimeter, that's where they're navigating and finding their open shots. They're also fourth in the league in clutch time free throw attempts. Now, I'd like them to shoot better at the free throw line. They're only shooting 69%, and you know that's something that... Fourth um, in clutch time free throws. That yes. means they're being aggressive and mm-hmm. getting to the line when you've got to have points on every possession. And when you're doing the two-pointers over the three-pointers, yes, three points get you more points, right? It's obvious. Uh, but you're only likely to make that shot 30 to 35% of the time in the clutch. Whereas in uh, on two point shots, the Suns are shooting 60, 70 percent in the clutch on twos. I think I'd rather take those twos and I'm not so worried about the threes. Well, and that goes, you know, again, the three point shot. The reason that we've seen the boom is because over a long period of time, a big sample size, i.e. 48 minutes. Yes, threes shot at a clip of 45% are worth more than twos shot at. I forget whatever the number is. So, uh, you know, on that timeline that makes sense to do but in the last five minutes you've shortened that timeline and the opportunity yeah. to miss what's goes. the what's the median what's the what's the average three-point percentage in the clutch this year across all nba teams oh gosh 29 percent. Um, yeah 29 percent. 29.3 i think what are the suns shooting on twos in the clutch <laughs> it's, it's, whatever like ridiculousness right yeah, yeah. It's phoenix Suns as a team are shooting 66 percent in the clutch as you pointed out just a few minutes ago which is no other team is shooting better than 53%. It's just nuts. It's, it's nuts. So I mean, think about uh, that. Say that again. That's 13 percentage points more than number two in the league, which is the magic, you know, I mean, yeah. who are four and six. And, you know, yeah. I mean, it, again, it's just what we are witnessing and we have to take the time to appreciate holistically this team, this run that the Phoenix Suns are on is the best we've ever seen. 2021, while personally might have sucked for some people, for Phoenix Suns fans, it's been freaking fantastic. We're just two wins away from a finals. <laughs> people are, are still grinding on the finals. I know you, uh, uh, you're you aware that there is a, one of our podcast buddies out there who, who still can't smile anytime the finals are mentioned, even though the Suns, that was only their third finals appearance in franchise history. And the, I think the first in his wake awoke life. Right? Yes, like, correct. I don't think he was old enough to even experience or enjoy the '93 one. Might have been alive, but I don't think he, he could remember it. Happiness so it is, is a choice, funny. Double D. Happiness have is a, a choice. <laughs> Happiness is a choice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, yes, the Suns made their third finals appearance in team history this past year. So, what makes this team so good? They're great in the clutch and they play great defense, which is not sexy. Who's sexy out there? Who's the sexiest team out there right now, John? The Phoenix Suns. Well, it's the Golden State Warriors because of the offense. Golden State Warriors are sexy because Steph Curry Mm -hmm. in the final minutes is going to hoist a 35 foot three three pointer 
and he's going to get on every highlight channel when he makes that, right? Yeah, I mean, if he's shooting a three, turning around before the three goes in, shimmering his shoulders, I mean, he's providing these little TikTok moments for the entire league to absorb, but you're not seeing like Mikael Bridges' weak side defense uh, the way he's closing out on somebody, forcing them to go left when they go on to want to go right, and then seeing DeAndre Ayton create shot deterrence for a a shot that you know rolls off the rim. That's not going to make it to the TikTok. So let's talk about the the Warriors for just a second here. So again, in the clutch, they're going to go for three pointers. Okay, mm-hmm. they're going to go for those three pointers. Uh, they are tenth in the league at three point attempts per game in the clutch, although they don't average quite as many clutch minutes. In the Warriors' favor, they've had a lot of blowouts this year. Good for them. Yes. They got the best point differential in the league by by double almost over the Utah Jazz and certainly double over the Suns overall in their 20-4 and four start. But uh, their record in the clutch is only 6-4. and four. And guess what percentage they shoot on threes in the clutch when they are 10th in the league in clutch uh, three-point attempts in the clutch? I'm going to guess roughly 22.2%. <laughs> I have the page up. You have the page up too. I know, but I wanted to hear you say it out loud. 22.2%, which is tied for only 21st worst, uh, 21st in the league, meaning 10 teams shoot shoot worse than 22% on threes in the clutch. Guess what? Shooting a three-pointer in the clutch is not as easy as it sounds, mm-hmm. right? It just exactly. isn't. So the Suns are smart enough not to do that. So the Warriors, when it gets to be a close game, the Warriors, and they did fold on Tuesday night against the Suns in Phoenix. It was it was a close enough game to be considered in the clutch. I'm not sure if it officially was, but I think it was. The Suns ended up winning by eight. It was at a couple of points within six. I'm not sure if it got under six. Uh, but the Warriors kind of crapped the bed, and the Suns did not. So uh, that that's an example of why I feel good about the Suns in a playoff season or playoff series against the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, and the Warriors, you have to give them credit because they obviously do know how to play quality defense. Uh, That's why they have the biggest point differential in the league. They're a team that's very well coached uh, with the addition of Clay Thompson, who, you know, historically has been somebody who is a lockdown defender as well. You know, we'll see how he reacts to his injury. But, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to fall on the side of like the Kevin Durant side of having that kind of injury. Like this guy's unbelievably talented. So they're going to increase their defense. But when you get them that get them down to clutch minutes, they're going to rely on offensively what they know. And that is that three point shot. And for all the reasons we've stated here, you know, obviously that's not necessarily the most successful strategy for a team. You know, again, 10th most uh, three pointers taken in the clutch and 21st modes made. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, they they take those numbers. They can do that all day long because the Suns are just going to grind you down. They're going to hit those middies and they're going to attack the rim and get to the line and put what ultimately matters in the clutch is putting points on the board. And there's yeah. a reason why Chris Paul and three other members of the Phoenix Suns are top four in the league in plus minus is because they put points on the board and that's what counts and that's what wins games and that's what we've seen that's the turnaround between the 2018 calendar year and the 2021 calendar year in 2018 we could get to the clutch time minutes we just couldn't execute we would you know we'd be the team that's trying you know we we try so hard to get to uh, those minutes, and then we would fade because we'd fall into the the Booker ball kind of moments where he just hold the ball for twenty seconds of the possession and hoist up a contested three. We've our our culture and our identity in those last five minutes has completely changed in just a mere three years. 
Absolutely. So let's pull the lens back out. We we came into this pod to talk about who is the best team in Phoenix Suns franchise history. That's a that's a 54 year franchise history, 53 calendar years, I believe. And uh, this team has the most wins in franchise history during a calendar year. The reason we don't necessarily think they are best all time when we talk about them uh, uh, or if we do say that we feel like Homer's still is a, because we're living in this moment mm-hmm. B because the Suns got so good. So fast, just three years ago, they had the worst year in franchise history, as you pointed out, Darth. Um, and then um, they don't have that star that gets on the highlight reels. So you got Steph Curry and golden state. You've got Kevin Durant in, in uh, Brooklyn. I almost said New Jersey in Brooklyn, uh, uh, James Harden, Luka Doncic. Um, I've never seen more highlights of a guy making a three with four minutes left in a, in a game where they're up 10, but you know, somehow oh, he, he gets on those highlights. Um, and they're not up 10 very often anymore. Nope. But anyway. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, let's, let, but we, the Suns don't get those guys on the highlights because Devin Booker's all about business. He's not about flash. Chris Paul, uh, pisses as many people off as he, as he excites. Charles Barkley was likable. Steve Nash was likable, lovable. Uh, those Phoenix Suns were this, this year's Warriors basically on going on offense and, and your best defense is scoring more points on offense. Mike D'Antoni famously said that mm-hmm. now the Warriors play great defense, but they're, but the highlights they get on, on TikTok and YouTube and, and the highlight shows are their offensive exploits when they when they make some threes and they get some dunks in transition and all that and good for them they're a very very good team really great team and i'm looking forward to seeing them potentially in the finals next year uh, but as far as uh what whether this sun's team is the best in history part of the reason people don't think it is is because they don't we don't have that marketable star that every outlet every market wants to see yeah and you know, Devin Booker's not out there scoring 32 points a game. You know, if he is, you're, there's an opportunity for more highlights. And, you know, again, the mid-range isn't sexy. And that's where we make our living. You know, it's it's okay that we don't have that marketable superstar. I don't care. We're putting the, the points on the board. And, you know, that's what truly matters. We're putting the wins in the win column. That's what truly matters. You know, it's kind of like uh, Teddy Roosevelt said. He's like, you know, walk quietly and carry a big stick. That's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of who we are right now. We're Chris Paul's the one of, carrying that stick. Around. Exactly, he's the one who's carrying the stick, and he's just <laughs> he's walking using it quietly. To knock the ball out of other point guards' hands. <laughs> yeah, especially in a you know transition <laughs> at the end of the game, you oh, know. But man. it's just it. We we do all the little things right, and again, it's not sexy, but who cares? You know, it, it's great when you see you know obviously doing the Suns jam session. We go live after every uh, Phoenix Suns game. We're seeing a lot more of the opposing team fans come in just to kind of talk a little junk at the end of a game when we beat them because they don't feel like I'll tell you those Warriors fans, they travel well, like kudos (laughs) to them. They show up and they're talking all kinds of junk and you know, karma bit them in the butt because they lost the next night to the Spurs. So it's just like all the reasons they said like, well, don't tell me that the Suns were tired. They used up all their energy against the Suns and they had nothing left for the Spurs. Exactly. They were focused. They were laser focused on Phoenix and and the Spurs, as we saw on Monday, they have talent, you know, they're, they're a talented team. They're not a team that's necessarily going anywhere, but every team in the NBA has talent. And that's why, again, it's so impressive to see the Phoenix Suns operate in 2021 the way they do, considering that every other NBA team is talented. 
And now that the Suns have a mark on their back, they're they're the team that they're not resting anybody against. You know, you go back to 93, you go back to 2007. I don't know necessarily that I would say that the league had more talent back then. I would say 93, there were more stars. I mean, you can go by, you know, the NBA jam kind of model and take a look at every team's star. But I think from a talent standpoint, this is the most talented the NBA has ever been. And the Phoenix Suns are dominating it. It's just unbelievable to see. Yeah, it's just it's just so fun. So, folks, enjoy it. We're only on December 9th or December. Yeah, December 8th when you're watching this or listening to this December 9th or whatever it is. And then Voida's article is going up on Bright Side of the Sun to for those who like to read about it, too, and look at the graphics and everything that's going up on December 9th. Pay attention to this. This is the best calendar year in Phoenix Suns franchise history proven over and over again by these numbers. And uh, whether you've picked up on the Suns yet or you wish your friends would have picked up on the Suns by now, direct them to this podcast so they can hear about how good this team is compared to the Barkley ones and compared to the Steve Nash ones. Um, It's a good walk down memory lane and a reminder that you should stop and smell these roses that are growing right now beside the road and 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 uh, make sure that you're enjoying this moment that we're living in Amen. all right boy to tell us where to find you on social media and and all around the web fun stuff uh you can follow me on twitter at darth voida you can follow our podcast at sun's jam and my co-host at matthew lissy all on twitter and you can stop by our youtube page to follow the sun's jam session we go live after every phoenix suns game uh, and you can also subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get a podcast. Look up Sun's Jam Session. You'll find us. And if you leave a five-star review, much akin to Dave, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. Absolutely. So, And, yep, you can find me at Dave King NBA on Twitter. You can find both John and I writing, though John not as often as he used to. I'm sorry. Uh, writing I'm on BrightSideOfTheSun.com, <laughs> the greatest fun Suns fan site out there in the history of the world. And uh, you can find all of this, all these audio fee, uh, this audio fee, excuse me, these podcasts on the uh, sun solar panel podcast feed. As you're listening to it right now, direct your friends and get other people to listen. And we'll be back on Saturday for another live show on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining me today, Doug. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. It's going to chop it up. Go side.